0: I think an interesting question almost nobody asks themselves, or at least if they ask themselves, they don't really research and come up with an intellectual answer, is the question of where should you live? You know, I was reading a book about Jeff Bezos, and say what you want about him, but at some point in his business career early on, he decided he wanted to live in the most strategic place, so, he said he did his research and he found this is before Google by the way. It's easier now, but he decided upon Seattle, Washington in the US because a you know, he's an American so he wanted to stay in America. B there was no state taxes. C there was a big pool of employees that he could draw from that already worked at Microsoft. He got down into nitty-gritty details like how many flights there were coming into the airport, how many non-stops from around the world for business meetings. And while I probably wouldn't have picked that city, I do admire the fact that he looked into this deeply because I think three or four most important questions anybody's gonna ever ask themselves, I remember at age 16 being overwhelmed when I ask myself these questions you know it's like what's your religion world view going to be one what diet are you going to have diet slash lifestyle three what career and then four like who you're going to marry or have kids with but that fifth one wasn't in my consciousness as much as it should be and sadly the school system hardly ever talks about this but this fifth question of where you should live and base your life is in some ways, if not the most important, maybe it's second or third in that list because, and by the way, I've thought about this for years, so the point of today's episode is I'm going to try to fast track and give you the answers in less than 20 minutes that I wish somebody had told me, you know, and I'm going to throw in a few kind of frameworks you can use, and you pick the one you like. So an interesting framework is where will you have the best social life? Okay, forget career for a second, forget where's the healthiest place, because you can go down, we'll go down that framework too, right? So I I think those are like the three best frameworks are where's gonna be the best social life. And, And by the way, you can just use the four pillars of the good life if you haven't gone to fourpillars.com, you should be getting my Four Pillars uh, program, which is, you know, thought about everything or the quickest answer to how to find health, wealth, love, and happiness. So the first, you know, question you can say is where would be the healthiest place I could live? Second, where would be the wealthiest, a.k.a. career? Third is love, which is friends, family romance that's social that's what I was talking about now and then last one will be happiest okay so let's start with that third pillar use the frameful framework of where would you be the most socially engaged friends family romance now interestingly the framework most people use is family right the average person and it's been this way throughout history lives pretty close to where the majority of their family lives. And I think that's valid to be clear, but the modern world is all complicated. There's something, if you've been listening for a while, talking about evolutionary psychology, my mentor, Dr. David Buss, you know, there's this thing called evolutionary mismatches, which means in some ways you could argue, we were built to grow up around our family, right? But everything's been kind of chaotic for the last, call it, two hundred years, three hundred years, industrial revolution, maybe even four hundred years in terms of living near your family. I don't know that that's a totally valid way because family now spreads out, and a lot of people don't have, you know, that traditional mom and dad. So, I think that's a good framework, but I think you got to weigh the frameworks with multiple other frameworks, right? So most people go by family but friends is a super valid one and sometimes in the modern world because of i'm not gonna get into this but you know the collapse of the family in many ways right um going with the framework of friends makes a lot of sense but i'm gonna go a little further because like i said social slash love which is the third pillar and the four pillars of good life romance go where your best romantic prospects are you know if you talk to a scientist like dr david buss he always tells me ty everything is mating mating <laughs> because ultimately you know we live on through our children and so i think it's one of the most valid frameworks of deciding where you want to live is where do you think you have the best romantic prospects where are those people, who are your type physically? Don't forget physical. Physical's valid. You know, our our eyeballs are attracted to certain types of people, and now scientists are finding validity to that. You know, in this histio complex, meaning people who have opposite or complementary immune systems. So you don't have to discount your lo- your love of a certain physical type right so if you like blondes that may mean you know that on average those blondes have a complementary immune system and of course i'm oversimplifying a complicated subject but that's the point of this podcast is to get to the answers quick so don't think that relocating to an area that has people who look like the type you're attracted to okay you know, I've always liked kind of Scandinavia and uh, that look. My mom told me as a little kid when I was like two years old, I would like chase the blondes around, <laughs> chase little blonde when I was like two. But you know, I would see a little blonde at two years old on the beach and go up to him and say hello. So there's probably something to that. You know, genetically, aka complementary immune systems and other things that we don't even understand now, right? So, the next thing, um, so so that romantic framework, also personalities. Like, you know, I lived in LA. LA's a big city, big market, um, but it attracts a certain type of person. You know, it's a lot of people who wanna be influencers. I always say every city has its good things and every city has its mental illness right (laughs) or prone to a certain illness and this is people who migrate not people who are born there obviously if you're born in a certain city although you could argue your parents were attracted there and genetic uh, most things are genetically heritable right so i always say la is narcissist (laughs) it's the narcissistic it attracts the narcissist i think a lot of nice people live in la um it's not the worst mental illness now narcissism some people would argue obviously if you have NPD, narcissism, a uh, narcissistic personality disorder, which is the super extreme level of narcissism. It's nasty. But, you know, New York is greed. Um, there's only two cities in the world with a trillion-dollar-plus economy for the city itself, and one of those is New York. And I've noticed there's a lot of good things about New York, but it, it attracts greedy. That's the mental illness, hardworking, you know, ambitious, but, um, you know, London attracts a certain type, Miami for sure has its own, Miami's a little bit like Vegas, uh, but globally, you know, Scandinavia, um, has a lot of what I would say is more mellow people, you know, the people who stay there and don't migrate out, people who migrate, Dr. Buss has done a lot of research of this in the Mediterranean Islands, People who migrate tend to have higher testosterone, you know, more aggressive. But, again, these are vast oversimplifications. But, anyway, um, you know, Scandinavia, I think anxiety is higher in closed societies. You know, I notice that in Scandinavia, Mormons in Utah, things like Canada has a certain vibe. So, I think it's a really valid way to think about where you got to locate because if you get this location right a lot of things fall into line easily okay and you know i think at the end of the day there's not going to be really anything you do more important than your mate who you have children with forget the romance for a second but who you have children with matters and it's permanent in your lifetime and your children's lifetime so You know, people often ask about dating and marriage. Dating and marriage is not necessarily permanent. There's no actual, you know, living being between you until you have kids. So who you have kids with is really the defining moment of the next hundred to a thousand years of your lineage, right? So there's a principle in economics called thick markets. You need to live in a place with thick markets. Thick market means a lot of people of the type that you're interested in, okay? So it's, you could say, well, Todd, you know, every city has somebody who's my type. Even if I live in a city where not many people are my type, you know, well, that's a dangerous game, my friend, because if you're in a thin market, this is an economic term, but it applies to many areas. If you're in thin markets, okay, The odds are against you, and I'll tell you one of the most important lessons I've learned in business and life, be careful of thinking you're going to skirt the odds, you know. Be careful of going, oh, well, but, you know, Ty, everything's going to work out for me perfectly no matter how I play the odds. That's not how it works, you know. It's not how it works. My stepdad was pretty religious. He used to say, trust God, but wear a seatbelt. He was just saying, play the odds. Don't try to say, well, I could make a whole bunch of bad decisions, but yes, you know, I'll be bailed out by God. That was his opinion. He might have a different one, right? So to the extent you can, you need to really think about cities um, through the lens of that social love aspect, friends, family, but don't forget romance. And, you know, honestly, if I had a choice, and this would be a tough choice, horrible choice, um, and I had to choose between a city that would have all my family, a city that have all my friends, and a city that would have, you know, the best romantic part, uh, uh, prospects. It would be tough, let me put it to you that way. Some people think it's cut and dry, like family. You know, remember, now in the modern world, especially if you become successful financially, you could fly in your family. You could fly in your friends. It's harder to fly in, especially when you're in the early dating stage looking for a mate. You can, it's hard to fly everybody in. In fact, if somebody was going to fly in before you ever met him, you know, they may be... You may not want to meet them because they're a little bit kooky. Uh, I mean, maybe not. But I've flown in some people before I've met them, but not really. It's kind of a strange there's a whole nother podcast i can do about that concept but what i would say is you know you need to be in thick markets with early prospects so living in the right place romantically now i want to put a caveat by the way this episode i'm just keeping short i could talk about this especially if we talk about the other frameworks because there's you know this is the framework of love slash romance using that to determine where you live um but we could talk about you know the, trying to find the physically healthiest place in the world you know i've lived in puerto rico that's like one of the healthiest places vitamin d close to the equator warm just One of the healthiest places, you know, career wise, if you go down the wealth path, I've lived in a lot of the big cities, London, New York, Los Angeles. Those are great for your career, you know, and then right now we're talking about love. I don't think New York and L.A. are good for your romantic prospects. In fact, I think they're actually dangerous because there's a lot of prospects in terms of attractive people, but they're not necessarily good for a mate. We're talking specifically about a mate. A mate, I define. I don't like to use the word marriage or dating or too ethereal and easy to confuse. But I'm talking about having a child with somebody potentially. So that's that's how I define mating in that context. It's a, a romantic attachment between two people with the purpose of having a child. Okay, so so I think you know this. This episode, i will talk about the the mating side, the love side. And and I really think in some ways, if I was 18 years old, I'd probably guide myself with this framework over health, wealth. Now, happiness is a tricky one, and I won't talk too much about that in this episode. But, you know, I kind of my belief on the four pillars of good life, health, wealth, love, and happiness is that happiness falls into place when you get the other three right. When you're healthy physically, when you're financially independent slash wealthy, you don't have to be crazy wealthy, but... Financially independent, and when you have love, friends, family, romance, then I come. Now you can argue, though, you know, happiness is is comes from, is its own extemporaneous attribute, which I think is valid um, in the sense that y- there are some places that I go have lived in the world that I'm super happy. I'll give you an example. My farm, and I'm probably happiest in the mountains. You know, I've got some farms in different places, and um, but they're not necessarily the best for, you know, health, they're pretty good for health, but for wealth career, they're not the best because they're kind of isolated areas. And for love, they're not, there's not many people who live there. So, so there's an example, maybe you could argue that happiness, you know, picking a location on pure happiness. You'd often end up probably in the mountains of Switzerland or Colorado but I, I don't know that I would I would think about having a second home in those places. And by the way, theoretically, if you can afford it and build up your income, you can have four homes. I kind of have four locations now. So I actually now, but that takes a while to build up. You can't do that, I couldn't do that when I was 18. So you have a place where you're optimizing a city you live in, you're optimizing for physical health, a city for wealth career a city for love romance you know social and then a, a, a location for happiness i kind of rotate now and i have that so like last week i was in new york i don't live there permanently but you know like say you know there's a time in my life i'll give you an example where i was like new york or la for career puerto rico would be for physical health really healthy place um for love, friends, family, romance, Europe, and then happiness, my forms. But you still need kind of a primary place. So I think a primary place can be built around that love mating framework. Now, if you're already in love, have a spouse, or, you know, have a mate, have kids, then <clears throat> even then I would still stay with that framework because you want your kids to grow up in a place where it'll be good prospects. But I think you know, then it's still the third pillar of good life, love. So maybe if mating, you've already done that, you still want to live in a place where family and friends, you know, really friends are super important. It's interesting, like some Scandinavian countries like Denmark, the average person has this huge friend circle. And in Denmark, by the way, and Sweden, Finland, and Norway, Iceland, they're voted the happiest people in the world. And if you look, they really have the four pillars, health, wealth, love, happiness, right? So they have health, they're, they're the fittest people in the world, least amount of obesity, highest gym attendance. Wealth, Sweden has five times the billionaires per capita of the United States. So you just go to Wikipedia and see their list of billionaires divided by their population, right? Um, and, you know, love, they have this huge social circles. And then happy they, they're voted happiest. So the, the, Scandinavia is a pretty powerful place. I mean, I've been coming to Scandinavia when I a guy who was my doorman years ago, Drago, Mr. X I used to call him. Said he was the best guy I've ever met with women. He was a he always told me, Ty, go to Scandinavia. <laughs> so I followed his advice Betty years ago, be going back and forth. Um anyway, I'll wrap up this episode. Because I'm doing the Million Dollar Body program. And for those of you not in Million Dollar Body, you should go go to millionbody.com. Millionbody.com. It's my in-depth explanation and routine of what I did. I spent a million dollars over seven years trying every single health hack to get in shape, test my blood, add muscle, all that. But part of the daily routine for the millionbody.com is uh you know recording while you do 18 minute walk on the way to get some coffee or green tea so i'm gonna wrap up here um yeah i'm kind of dividing everything that i'm teaching and over the years now into this framework of the four pillars and then you could go in depth into health wealth love happiness i'm trying to Like my life goal is to leave a complete system of everything, the all-encompassing. It's kind of like they call it (laughs) in physics, they call it, you know, it's kind of like E equals MC squared. It was this. If you reduced the physical universe into one formula, you know, the grand theory of everything, that's what Einstein, E equals MC squared. Obviously, I'm not trying to compare myself to Einstein. (laughs) Not as smart as him. But um, what I'm saying is, You know, what is the grand theory of everything? And that's why Four Pillars of the Good Life. So this podcast is part of that. um, And you can branch out into the areas that are most interesting to you. But it's pretty important. And I think the biggest tragedy in this world is that people aren't taught the Four Pillars. You know, the grand theory of life. Because what does it profit a man? To gain one thing and lose the other right it's like what does it profit you to gain all the wealth in the world but you don't have health if i trade you a billion dollars but you'd have to be bedridden for the rest of your life you wouldn't take the billion dollars so there's actual forget maslow's hierarchy of needs there's actually a, a, a more simplistic yet more profound hierarchy of needs right so four pillars is health wealth love happiness you got to move towards all four of those and that's the hard part about life is more life's about juggling things you know i know billionaires and i very few billionaires i'd actually exchange for their life right i know people have great physical health and but i wouldn't exchange for their life so it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's this exchange test anyway we'll talk about that in another episode all right uh leave a comment below on what because i didn't get into all the details i'll record a more detailed follow-up podcast so if you could leave a comment below a review and then in the reviews leave a comment of what you'd like me to talk about more on this subject of where you should base your life where you should live